Praise the Lord, church. I said, praise the Lord, church. Is there anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Is it just me? Did he wake you up this morning? Woke up on the right side of the bed. You're in your right mind. Hallelujah. Just turn to your neighbor. Somebody to the left and the right. Just say, happy to see you this morning. Look to your other neighbor. Just say, I'm happy to see you this morning. Now, when you're saying that, you should have a smile on your face. Amen. We're here to praise and magnify the name of Jesus. We're going to open up our service and just bless the name of the Lord. We know our God reigns. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Can we put our hands together in this place? Everybody lift your voice and say,
in the name of Jesus. There's some worship in this place. Oh, there's some worship in this place. Oh, God, I say, I feel God moving in this place. Oh, moving me, God. Oh, moving me, God. Oh, moving me. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you're wonderful. Hallelujah. Sometimes we just got to take time to appreciate God. Amen. Sometimes we live in this world, we don't appreciate Him as we should. Amen. And sometimes we just got to sit back and say, God, I thank you. Amen. Something we take for granted. Amen. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Amen. Somebody's not here today, God. I thank you, God, for allowing me to be here today. Amen. I thank you, God. God made a way out of no way in your life. And we just got to give him praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We welcome you to Christ in a church where Christ is our central focus. Amen. This, this is all it's about is about Christ. Right? It's about his church. Amen. The Bible says he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Amen. Sometimes I just want God, just cleanse me, God. Amen. I want to be right in right relationship, God, with you. Amen. I want to be able to commune with you. Amen. So I give God praise just allowing me to be here today. Amen. Now, is there any prayer requests? Um, just raise your hand and look at every hand that is held right now. Every hand is up. Every hand is up. Look at the hand. If we can uh, hold hands, is that okay? Hold your neighbor hand. Amen. Just hold that hand. Hold that hand. Amen. Hold that hand. That's life that you're holding right now. Amen. That's a soul that you're holding right now. Amen. And we want to pray. Amen. We want to. There's some strongholds that we're facing. Amen. That needs to come down. There's some things that needs to be diminished that we, from the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is power in God's house. Amen. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. And if there is some prayer requests or line, we want to pray for them as well. But right now, we want to pray for one another. Man, oh God. Sometimes we neglect one another. Oh God. But I bind that spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. Hold that hand. Pray for the person aside. In the name of Jesus. Lord, touch that person right now, God. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that is not of you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, loose them, God. Set them free, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord of heaven, have your way in this place. Oh, God, I bind every spirit that is not of you. Touch 
the atmosphere of God. Forgive us, God. I pray, God, for all shortcomings, God, for all old things, because you know all things, God, in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, oh God, for the things, oh God, that we have done, oh God. Put those things, God, behind us once again. Touch your people right now. Deliver your people right now. Set your people free right now. Whatever the stronghold did, loose them right now. If it's a sign, if it's a miracle that needs to be performed in this house, oh God, touch the body. I feel God releasing something in this place. Lord, have your way, God. Whatever you want to do, God, do it in this place. Release the word, God. Oh, touch our bishop. Touch our first lady, their families, God. Use them in a mighty way. Oh, have your way in this place. Deliver set free. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Almighty God, for Melinda. God, see you, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, go before them right now. Angels, God, encamp around us right now. Angels, oh, God. Yes, I got double In Jesus' name we pray. that's in this place. Don't stop. Wherever you're at, don't stop. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus.
we have in this place this morning. I greet all of you in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for coming out and being with us. All of our families and friends, you may be seated. All of our online congregation, we greet you in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful and thankful that God has brought us together as the church, the family of God. And all that God is doing, you need to understand, you haven't seen anything yet. Tell your neighbor you haven't seen anything yet. This is just the beginning. Oh, God has so much more in store for you. God has so much more in store for us. You have not seen anything yet. It's sometimes, you know, we get a little concerned because whenever we become uncomfortable, we think it's not good. You can experience the goodness of the Lord and be uncomfortable. Meaning, God is trying to get you somewhere and you're saying, ah, just let me just chill. It's okay when God is taking you somewhere and it's okay to have that understanding that, you know, when I don't know, I become uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you this morning, just trust him. Even in your uncomfortability, just say, Lord, I trust you. I I may not understand what you're doing, but I trust you. I can't comprehend all of what's going on, but I trust you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to Christ Center Church. As you've heard already, Christ is our central focus. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And we cannot continue if it's not for him. And so we're glad to be in the house of the Lord and we welcome you. Uh, if this is your first, second, or third time, in this church, will you just stand just for one moment? First, second, or third time. Look around. First, second, or third time. First, second, or third time. First, second, or third time. Let's greet them and let them know we love them. More importantly, God loved you and he brought you here this morning. Hallelujah. You may be seated. In just a moment, we're going to receive our offering this morning. And I want you to get ready. Because God wants to bless all of us. But I feel impressed this morning that some of us uh, might need just a little push financially from the Lord. You might need God to just give something more to you financially. And I want you to hang on for a second because God wants to bless you financially. I feel it in my spirit this morning. And I will let you know how God will do that for you. But before we... Uh, get to our offering, let me make a couple of quick announcements. Right after service today, we need to turn all of our prison applications in completed. So if you want to be a part of the prison ministry and uh, you have not received an application, you can receive an application from Brother Calvin, Minister Calvin Cook. He's walking around here somewhere. He was up here just before me. See him and get an application, but if you've already received an application, be sure to complete the application and turn it into him. Somebody say today. today. Amen. Right after service today in our fellowship hall, uh, we have a business owner meeting. If you are a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about being a business owner, we would like for you to join us next door in our fellowship hall. We just want to get all of our business owners connected have you connecting with each other, 
discussing the things that we do and how we can help others. So if you're a business owner, please meet us at the service next door. By the way, next door we have refreshments on sale for our building fund. So you want to go over there anyway. So meet us over there right after service. Also, I want to mention to you our district men's retreat, the North Central Jersey District, have a men's retreat September 8th in the evening and 9th in the morning and afternoon. So it's an evening and a morning and afternoon session. We'd love for you to join us. Please see any one of our leaders, ministers in the church for the men's retreat. And that is September 8th and 9th. Young adult. Young adults of this church, this Friday evening at 7.30, we have a game night. Uh, and so we want for you to join us. We will be here. And uh, I'm sure there will be some food and some refreshment because, you know, we can't get together without food. Listen, you can say whatever. I love to eat. Anybody like me love to eat? I love to eat. Give me some food. And anything you do when you get food involved, it'll, it'll make everything all right. Anytime you're doing something and food is involved, it makes everything all right. Uh-huh. And the final thing I will make announcement about is this Saturday, this Saturday, somebody say this Saturday, our youth ministries will be doing our fundraiser for our Move the Mission offering for our organization. Uh, we will, that meet, meeting will be hosted in uh, Newark, New Jersey, 165 Vanderpool Street in Newark, New Jersey. And there will be music, food, games, and fellowship. So make a note of that in, on your calendar. There's a lot going on. You know, sometimes we say, there's nothing going on. Well, most of the times, you know what we do when we say there's nothing going on? We do like our spoiled children. They open our refrigerator and say, there's nothing here to eat. That's what we do sometimes as Christians. Lots going on, but we say, there's nothing going on. You're doing like our children do. Plenty of food in the house, but for some reason, there's nothing here to eat. Really? And you just leave them alone and just let them figure it out because they don't know what it is to not have anything to eat. Well, that's us as Christians sometimes. We don't know what it's like not to have anything going on. We've got plenty going on, so we want you to join us for those events. If you could just reach across the aisle, I know we normally get up and walk around, but I don't want you to do that this morning because you might just get carried away and never stop loving one another. So if you can just reach across the aisle, reach before you and just touch somebody and say, good to see you this morning, that would be great. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen. Good to see you this morning. So let's stand. We're going to receive our offering. Today we're going to do our offering a little bit different because we need to sometimes emphasize our giving because if you don't give, you can't receive. If you don't give, you can't receive. If you live your life with a closed hand, all you will ever have is what's in your hand. If you live your life with an open hand, you will always have something because once you're given, you will always be receiving. For those of you that don't know about this church, I'll tell you this. We don't take your money and squander it for the preacher to have a big house 
for the preacher to have sailboat, for the preacher to be belong to the nicest um, golf club. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, country club, country club. This pastor don't belong to no country club. I don't have a mansion. The car that I drive, I worked a long time. I'm still working my secular job. I work a long time to get that car, and I'm still, you know, working my job to maintain what I got. So I'm not taking your money. When you give this morning, you're giving to what God is doing. What I like to say, we, we own this building, but we still owe some money on this building. <laughs> right? How many of you own your house and still owe some money on it? <laughs> well, that's us. And so I don't want you to get relaxed and feel like, well, we own the building, so we don't have to give as much anymore. We, we need to give because we want God to bless us and we want to expand. Now, we have neighbors, and that's great, and, you know, they pay us um, uh, rent. But, but there's coming a day. Look, look around. Just look around. When this is full, what are we going to do? You said it. We're going to knock down that wall. But if we knock down that wall, we're going to have to give them notice. So if we give them notice, it means they no longer pay rent to us. Now, who's responsible for that money that they were given? You see how I work? I just try to be a straight shooter. That, that's, so so, so we're, we thought when we came in here, you all know we had a few people, just a handful. And I'm looking around this morning and say, oh, Lord, how long before we knock these walls down? <laughs> so I want you to be blessed this morning. I'm giving some extra. I got two envelopes in here this morning. So here's what we're going to do. Put my thing up on the screen there that I, will, I want you to read with me before you get your offering out in your hand. Offer it in your hands. Offer it in your hands. We want you to be blessed. Amen. Offer it in your hands. Somebody, you need an extra financial blessing from the Lord. And let me tell you this. Don't worry about how much you give. Just give sacrificially. Not worry about how much you give. Give sacrificially. Because when God blesses you financially, he wants you to know it was because you gave unto his cause and he's given back to you. So don't worry about how much you give. The scripture teaches us it's not about how much you give. It's about your sacrifice. How much sacrifice have you made unto the Lord? You can give multiple ways. Um, we'll show you in a minute how the different ways you can give. But let's uh, together... Um, Declare our statement of faith. So this is what we're going to do. Thou shall also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. That's Job 22, 28. We stay in the word of God. We don't try to do things that we just make up and, you know, uh, just try to do as tradition. We try to do things according to the word of God. Next slide there. All right. So I want you to begin to declare this with me. So we're going to do it together. Amen? Amen? We'll do it together. Are you ready to declare God's will for your life and for your family's life and for your blessings? Are you ready to decree it? Yes. You ready? Yes. All right, let's read. Upon the authority of your word, I have given and it shall be given to me. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. 
Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not room enough to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, my whole family saved and walking with God. Perfect health and abundance to walk in divine favor and blessing. I am blessed going in. I am blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Does that cover everything for you? Don't hold back on Jesus this morning. He wants to bless you and he will give back to you more than you can ever give to him. The Bible says the Lord owes no man nothing. So when you give to him, he will give back to you more than you could have imagined. So you can give many different ways. You can give by going to our website. You can give by PayPal. You can give by Cash App. You can mail it in. We said we'll mail it in. We started mailing during um, COVID. And I guess we just left it there. So during COVID, we said you can mail your offering in, and people did mail their offering in. So we thank God for it. That's why we're here this morning, because so many of you were faithful. So many of you just love God, and God has blessed you, and you continue to give. Thank you for being diligent. Let me pray for you, Father. We thank you for every giver this morning. We've already declared, we've already decreed your word. But, Lord, we want you to receive our offering because we come cheerfully and willingly for you to receive this offering in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. If you want to give electronically by debit card or credit card, we have two stations in the back. God bless you. Follow the instructions of our ushers.
Thank you, Jesus. If you will stand with me, we're going to go right into the word of the Lord and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10 and then to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1, and then Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I am so grateful to be with you, be in the house of the Lord, thankful for what God is doing in this church and what God is doing and will do in some of our lives. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1, the scripture says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 14. The scripture says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off in the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. For the next few moments, I would like to talk to you on this topic, faith as a grain of mustard seed. Faith as a grain of mustard seed. Jesus You've already manifested your presence in the midst of this congregation. We're thankful, Lord. And we know, Almighty God, that with you all things are possible. We know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We know you're the God that does the impossible, the God that does the miraculous. And Father, I pray for every person in this room, every person that have joined us via virtually. God, if they have an impossibility in their life, if there's a situation, Lord, that only you can do and fix and provide for, I am coming to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ, that for every person that will have faith in this house, 
house that they will not walk out of here without receiving an answer, without receiving the miracle from you, Lord. I pray even now that every person, Lord, that will trust you, that your will will be done in their life. There is no circumstance or situation that you cannot fix, that you cannot make right, that you cannot come against, that you cannot work out. And so we ask in the name of Jesus that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord and begin to thank him even now. God, we thank you even now for all that you will do in this place. You may be seated. Verses 1 through 13 on in this same chapter tells the event of Jesus' glorious transfiguration on Mount Tabor while Peter, James, and John witness it. Then in verse 14, the text transitioned to another event. We moved from the top of the mountain of glory to the valley of need. These two events depict the story of humanity in some way. While the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ is being revealed and demonstrated on the mountaintop, down below at the foot of that same mountain, the father holds his frantic child, desperate for his child to be healed, and the helpless disciples are gazing in despair, not able to help this desperate father. And so it's hard. When we come into the church and we have a need and we're desperate and that need does not get met, but it doesn't have to be that way. Can I tell you this, church? You've heard this a long time and it won't change. Your attitude determines your, your attitude determines your altitude. It's that way in life socially and it's that way in spiritual life. Let me help you with that. Remember Peter, James, and John were with Jesus at the mountaintop. While the other disciples were at the foot of the mountain, there were also some scribes and maybe some others who may have been believers or who knows may not have been believers. But what I believe is the disciples at the foot of the mountain may have been a bit salty. Why were they salty, preacher? They were a bit salty because Jesus didn't call them to the top of the hill. And you see, we always compare ourselves with ourselves. We always compare ourselves with each other. And Jesus never told us to compare ourselves with each other. Jesus always want us to compare ourselves with him. He is the measuring stick. And that's who we're supposed to compare ourselves to is Jesus Christ and not our brother and not our sister. We compare ourselves with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it is not far-fetched for me to think the disciples were somewhat in an argument with the scribes and the others. 
We're talking about disciples here, church. Mm-hmm. They may have been in an argument with these scribes and, 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 and with some other believers because they could not heal the man's son. And you know how it is? I thought y'all Christians. I, I, I thought y'all spiritual. Here's this man with his son that's sick. He's got epilepsy or some people call it seizure. Some people call it fits, whatever you want to call it. He had a son that would just, at the drop of a hat, just fall out and just start shaking and all this stuff and foaming at the mouth. And he's like, I need my son healed. And he brought him to the church. And they said, we're trying. But it didn't happen. And so I believe they were at the foot of the mountain probably having some, some probably in control, in order, argument, but nevertheless argument because they weren't able to do what they were supposed to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so by that, it means that their spirit was disturbed and their attitude might not have been in the place that it needed to be at at the time. Many of us, the Lord have entrusted us with his power what is authority? And it doesn't mean you can't do it. What we have to ask ourselves is what kind of attitude, what kind of spirit, what kind of position am I in in my mindset? Because if my mind is all discombobulated, if I'm all over the place because of all the information that I'm looking at on my phone, my, my device, then my mind can't be focused on the things of God, then I cannot be focused on Jesus Christ. And so it makes it difficult for me to do what God says. I'm supposed to be doing. This boy was the man's only son. He was in great trouble and danger. The scripture says the boy was an epileptic, a lunatic, very ill and suicidal, falling into the fire and even into the water. While some of these symptoms can be natural causes, this boy was at mercy or at mercy of this demon. He was possessed. By an evil spirit. Church, that's real. I know some people don't want to believe that, but there are evil spirits in our world that either influence our ways of being, influence how we live our life, or they're actually inside of us controlling us. This boy was at the mercy of this demon. The disciples had been helpless to do anything. So no wonder when Jesus came down at the foot of the mountain, Jesus had to straighten some things out. As Jesus came down to the foot of the mountain, he sees the embarrassed and doubting disciples. Mm -hmm. They were arguing with the scribes. And the needy father is there saying, I need help. And so Jesus groaned inwardly and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither. Jesus spoke that word because remember we read earlier in chapter 10. He had given them the authority. There's nothing like a parent entrusting their child because they have to go somewhere. They have to do something. They're entrusting their child to say, go and do this. You can do this. And the child had the ability, and they can do it, but the child never did it. It's the same way. 
And so as Christians, the Lord has entrusted us with ability. He has entrusted us with authority. The question is, will we use it or will we not use it and make excuses as to why we're not using it? Mm-hmm. Their unbelief and spiritual perversity were a burden to Jesus. It reminds me of the one talent dude. Jesus gave him a talent and he buried the talent. He did nothing with it. And then he said this to Jesus when Jesus came back and said, what did you do with the talent? He said, well, I knew you were a hard man. Go look at the scripture. I knew you were a hard man. So you know what? I just went and buried it. Many of us as Christians, that's kind of how we're responding to the Lord without saying those words. Because if we're not doing what he has entrusted us with, if we're not using what he has given us, then we're essentially like the guy that had the one talent. Mm -hmm. we're saying, God, you're a hard man, so I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to save it up. The disciples were given authority to heal and to cast out demons, but they failed to do so with the young boy. Remember in Matthew, he gave them the authority. That word power means authority because we don't have power, but God has has all power. If you go back to Matthew 28, it says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so guess what? Jesus has all power. Any power that exists, uh, it's because Jesus uh, allows it to be used. There is no power but the power of Almighty God, who is Jesus Christ in the flesh. So we don't have power. All the striving, we're striving to act like we have some power. We don't have any power. What we will have, what God has entrusted us with, is authority, not power. He's got the power, but he's given us the authority to activate the power. So if you're a man of God, if you're a woman of God, if you are a young person of God, you have been given the authority to activate the power. All you got to do is stay in your right mind. All you got to do is trust the Lord because you have the authority to activate the power. They had the authority. To cast out demons. But because their spirit wasn't right. Because they were being argumentative. Because of their unbelief. Unbelief had set in. And, and they, they, they failed in their attempt to cast out the demon out of the young boy. This is why Jesus was disappointed in the disciples. They had the authority to do what was needed. But because of their attitude and their spirit that wasn't right, they could not do what Jesus said they were supposed to do. You hear me, somebody? A lot of times we're waiting for God to do stuff and we're blaming God for what's not happening. And we're saying, why don't God do this and why don't God do that? 
I feel like I got to tell somebody, we need to stop blaming everybody else for everything that's going on in our life. We need to get out of that mindset that whenever nothing is going right, we got to blame somebody. We got to stop blaming people. And every time something go wrong, how about we just be a man? How about we just be a woman? How about we just be a young person, a child of God, and say, God, is it me why this can't happen? Is it me why this is not working? Is it me? I don't care about what anybody else think or what they may have done. Is it me, Lord? Is it because of me? We, we spend too much time wanting to point the finger. It had to be because of this. It had to be because of that. It had to be, no, it's not because of any of those things. You go to God and says, Lord, it has to be because of me. What am I not doing? What have I done that's interfering with your plan? We cannot continue to blame somebody else for what's not happening in our lives. It's me, Lord. 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 It's not my neighbor. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me, Lord. It's me, Lord. Ah, God, it's me. I'm the one that's the problem. I'm the one that's got the wrong spirit. I'm the one that's blaming somebody else. You know how much better our world will be? You know how much better your family will be? You know how much better our situations will be if we would just take responsibility? I would rather blame myself when it's not even me. I would rather blame myself when it's not even me than to be pointing the fingers at somebody else. We have a hard time dealing with... uh, I'm on something that I'm not, I didn't prepare for, but if the Holy Ghost say go, I'm going to go. We have a hard time just taking responsibility for doing something that's not right. Who do we think we are, Jesus? Are we thinking that we're that perfect that we can't realize I messed up? Are we thinking that we're that flawless that we can't say to somebody, Don't even worry about it. It's not even you, me. Whether it's you or not, it doesn't matter. Because sometimes, watch this, somebody can fly off on the handle, and if you maintain, the Bible says, a quiet answer turns back wrath. So somebody can fly off, and if I am right with God, I'm going to say, sis, bro, you know what? I'm sorry. Me. It's not you. It's me. You know how quick that shuts everything down? Who's going to argue with somebody that's taking the blame? Because that's all we ever want. Somebody else needs to take the blame for this. So nobody argues with you when you take the blame. But we have a hard time taking the blame. Mm-hmm. Faith as a grain of mustard seed is what I'm talking to you about. But I got to kind of ease you into that. We're getting to that now. But I got to let you see. What's going on with us? Because a lot of times it's not that we don't have faith. A lot of times it's because our spirit is not right. A lot of times it's because after we haven't seen what God will do, we start having unbelief. But it all started with our spirit just wasn't right. 
It all started with we, we, we just couldn't get ourselves in the right place by praying and being in alignment with God. So now we have this argumentative spirit. We have this spirit that comes off as, well, I'm right and you're wrong. And so our, our spirit is not right. And so what we try to do, we can't do because God needs to work through a vessel that is in alignment with him. Not because you don't have faith. It's because you got to get your spirit right and your heart right. And sometimes we think that we're right and we don't realize we're probably not right. When we often, or should I say it this way, we often have more faith in ourselves than we are, than we do in Jesus Christ. We have faith in clever legislation. We have faith in our education. We have faith to to believe that we can, in our own ingenuity, we can prosper. We have faith in that. We have faith in scientific discovery. But unfortunately, many of us lack faith In Jesus. And it's not probably that we didn't one time have faith. But again, our attitude corrupted our position with God. And when we didn't see God work, unbelief started setting in. Today, I have come, though, to tell you that all you need... Is faith as a grain of mustard seed. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a super spiritual person. You don't have to be the one that always prays and worship God outwardly. But if you will have just faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can experience the miraculous. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When I'm talking about faith, what am I talking about? I am talking about reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about a firm persuasion of truth. When I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about intimate knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, that he's God Almighty manifest in flesh. When you have the knowledge of who he is, you have obtained faith. Faith is as a grain of mustard seed. It suggests not only size in being very tiny, but also a life of growth. Help me, Holy Ghost. Faith as a grain of mustard seed is living faith that is nurtured and caused to grow. You can start off with a little bit of faith. But it's supposed to grow. Help me, Holy Ghost. And why some of our faith don't grow is because we never got it going. Because once you get your faith going, can't nobody tell you what God can't do. Once you get your faith going, you know for yourself that God can do the impossible. Once you get your faith going, you know I've seen it, I've experienced it, and I know there is nothing too hard for God. 
And I don't need the preacher to tell me that. I don't need a preacher to tell me that because before I was a preacher, I realized for myself that God can do the impossible. You see, when I was sick in the body, I touched my head and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And guess what? I was healed and I wasn't no preacher. I know that God will do the impossible if I will have faith. You don't need to be no preacher. You don't need to be no super spiritual person in order to see the miraculous done in your life. When you hear faith, you're like, oh, that's for the church people. When you hear faith, you think, oh, that was the disciples. When you hear faith, you think about those are the people that, man, they serious about God. But I'm here to tell you, faith just means if you will come to the place of completely trusting God for who he says he is, faith is if you will just truly allow God to persuade you through his word, you will see God do the miraculous. Mustard seed is less than all the seeds in the herb family. It represents littleness and probably even insignificance. The mustard seed is quite little, but grown in favorable soil and under sunny skies. It becomes a great tree among the herbs. I'm here to tell you, you just need a little bit of faith. And if you will nurture that little bit of faith, that little bit of faith will grow. You just got to get off the ground with your faith in God. You just got to start trusting God like you've never trusted him. And if you will trust him, he will show you something. And once he show you something, you don't want to stop there. Just keep trusting him. Just keep declaring his will. And your faith will begin to grow grow just like the mustard seed will grow and turn into a great tree. The mustard seed tree is faith compared because at first it contains within itself power of large development and increase. From Minute grains, copious results are produced. He shall say unto this mountain, Jesus pointed. He points to the hill where the transfiguration had taken place. And you can say, mountain be removed hence. I know you thought that you ain't that powerful to do that. But didn't I just tell you you don't have no power? Didn't I just tell you, you don't have no power. And I believe that's probably one of the other things that get us stuck because we think that the power is flowing from us. You don't have any power. You have authority, but you don't have power. And you can operate in your authority, but you are not responsible to make the mountain move. You're not responsible to make the situation change. You're not responsible to heal the person. God is the one that does that. You are responsible to operate in the authority that he has given you, which means I need to stay submitted, which means I need to walk in obedience, which means I need to love my brother. I need to love my sister. I need to treat people right. That's how I operate in my authority. It's the authority. You don't have no power. I don't have no power. This is why we can pray and stuff don't happen. And we don't need to get discouraged. 
Because sometimes when it don't happen, you know what it means? You want something different from what God wants. That's all it means. Sometimes all it means is you want something different from God. And sometimes this is why faith means you have to have the knowledge of who God is and not take it a step further because that knowledge will allow you to work in harmony with God. So watch this. Sometimes you pray, Lord, will you save my brother? Lord, will you save my children? Anybody ever prayed that before? And as soon as you got done praying, things just, just get crazy in their life. And then you want to go lay hands. In the name of Jesus, I cast out that situation. And you think you're on track. What are you casting out? Didn't you just pray and ask God to save your brother, save your children? Didn't you just ask that? Well, God knows how to save them. You don't. And so when God allowed everything to start coming their way, when God allowed them to start going through and have to crawl on their face, when God allowed them to hit rock bottom and nothing is working for them, when God allowed them to go through every trial and every tribulation, when God allowed them to get beat up by that world, when God allowed them to become alcoholics, when God allowed them to become drug addicts, when God allowed them to go through that situation, why are you trying to rebuke it? Do you want them saved? Or do you want them to not go through any pain? So sometimes we pray in the wrong prayer and we walk away thinking we didn't have faith. It's not that you didn't have faith. It's that you were wanting something different from what God has in mind. This is why it's important that we stop arguing and fussing and fighting because I want to be in tune with him. I want to be in alignment with him. So when I come over to pray for you and I will know what to pray because I'm in line with him. I'm not praying some crazy stuff. God has told me sometimes when everybody said we need to go pray. God has said leave it alone. Does that mean I don't have no faith? Because they're sitting there like, well, the preacher's over there. Why he don't come pray? Because God didn't tell me to go pray. Because it means God is doing something in that situation. I need to just back off. Let God do what he's doing. And, we, and that's why it's important for us to always have the right spirit, the right attitude. So that way we can know what God is doing and we don't have to cause ourselves frustration and thinking we prayed with all of our heart for God to do something miraculous and it didn't happen. It didn't happen because we weren't in alignment with God. You shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder. It is an hyperbole or expression in Eastern civilization. It means merely that the greatest difficulties may be overcome by faith. The greatest difficulties can be overcome by faith. Tell your neighbor that because you ain't believing that right now. The greatest difficulties can be overcome by faith. I hope I'm getting somewhere with you because I just told you, you don't have the power to do anything. Man, if I can get your mind to switch, if I can get you to switch your mind to know that, you don't have any power to do anything. 
this is what faith is all about. Faith is saying, I don't have the power, but the currency for me to get to God, for him to do what needs to be done, it's faith. I don't have the power. I can't do it. And if we will ever receive that and begin to operate on that, I think we'll do so much better. But for so long, we have walked around culturally like, yeah, that's a preacher. Yeah, he got some power. Let me give you, let me give you some more. Brother Drexel, you've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the Holy Spirit. Why am I more powerful than you? Is there a different Holy Spirit? Do you have a bigger Holy Spirit and I got a smaller Holy Spirit or I got a bigger Holy Spirit? What is it? So why is the preacher more powerful than anybody else? He's not. What it may be, if y'all think that, is the preacher is more submitted and operating in the authority of God than the next person. But it ain't ain't because the preacher got some power. It's because the preacher is walking in the authority that God has given him. But you're no different from the preacher. Walk in the same authority that God has given you. And whatever the preacher say, you can say. Whatever the preacher do, you can do. And same result because it's the same God. God is in us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is no different Holy Spirit. You don't have a different Holy Spirit from me. We all have the same God living in us if we have the Holy Spirit living in us. It's the same Spirit. No different. So all we have to say now is God. I need to be in alignment with you, God. I need to operate in the authority you have given me because there is nothing that's different about any one of us that have your spirit. Ain't no more powerful spirit in here. I told you there's only one with power, and that's Jesus Christ. All power is in his hands. There is no other power that's available but except the power of God. Oh, please, I'm so sorry that you think the devil got power. I'm so sorry that you believe that. The devil used trickery on you. He don't have no power. Trickery. Deception. When people don't have no authority, they use trickery and deception to get you to do what they want you to do. That's what the devil does. So if you want to think he got power and you're saying, preacher, what about the devil? I'm here to tell you, the devil don't have no power. And guess what? He don't have no authority. Think about that. He has no power. And he has no authority. You have authority and God has all the power. So what that leaves the devil? I'll just keep going because I'm not even going to let You can work that out. Because y'all get so terrified of the devil. I start talking like this, y'all get quiet. Yeah, preacher, that's you. You always praying. You always reading your Bible. You know, you, you kind of kind of different preacher. I got to deal with the devil every day. Yeah, and all you got to do just like I got to deal with the devil every day too. But what I've made up in my mind to do is make sure I operate in the authority God has given me. And that's all you need to do. You worry about the devil because you don't plan to operate in the authority God has given you. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. I'm getting to the point here to close out. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. The scripture says, but without faith. uh, It is impossible to please God. Watch this, it didn't stop there. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is who he says he is. 
and that he, watch this, is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He will reward you if you have faith. 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 All we got to do is have faith. And he didn't ask you to have great faith. He didn't say to have faith the size of a great seed. Not even a mango seed faith. He didn't want you to have mango seed faith. He didn't want you to have an apple seed faith. Mustard seed faith. You can barely see a mustard seed. If you put one mustard seed in your hand, if I put it in my hand, you could even see it from where you're sitting at. And that's all he's requiring from you. That's all he's requiring from you. It is the power of God, not our faith, that moves mountains. Uh-huh. But faith must be present for us to experience the mountain being removed. The mustard seed was the smallest seed known. But like the mustard seed that grew into a large garden that became a great tree, even so, small faith can do the same thing in your life. Aren't you glad that God has given an opportunity to all of us? That it didn't require us to come in and, and, and be super spiritual. It didn't require us to go to church for a long time. It didn't require us for be, to be reading the Bible every day. It didn't require us to pray every drop of the hat for us to see the miraculous. God said, just have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Where faith is alive and growing, God is present and active. I'll say that again. Where faith is alive and growing, God is present and active. The Lord Jesus will sometimes allow, watch it, impossible situation in our lives to challenge us to have faith. I know you don't want to think like that, but the bottom line is this. God loves us so much. We can't understand this kind of stuff because I told you last week, we think love means I need to be in agreement with you about everything. Yeah, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's good. And deep down, I'm like, that ain't no good. But you, you, you like me because I agree with you. And so we think that's how love is. And if we read the Bible, we'll see God is love. And that's not how he demonstrates love. God loves you so much that he wants for you to experience the impossible, the miraculous. He wants for you to be saved and to go to heaven. And whatever that takes, that's what he's going to do. So if some of us are stuck in neutral and we can't move, if some of us are just in a place where we feel like we can't be reached, God will do some things or God will allow some things to happen in your life to make you get to the place to say, if God don't do this, my life is done. How many have made that statement? It's some people in here today that I know that that's in your heart. You know what? God is so good to you and you don't even know it. You think because you're going through, God don't love you. You think because you're going through, God ain't paying attention to you. You think because you're going through, God is not even thinking about you. You're right where he wants you. 
because he's waiting for you to say, God, if you don't do this, it can't be done. He's just waiting for you to utter those words. You've been thinking it, but he wants for you to open your mouth today and say, God, if you don't do this, this can't be done. You know why he's waiting for you to say that? Because when he does it, guess who gets the credit? When he does it, guess who gets the glory? When he does it, you will know who did it, that it was God, because you opened your mouth and say, God, if you don't do it, it can't be done. So some of you got some crazy situation going on in your life. And God is smiling, says, I got you right where I need you. You just need to speak the word now. I got you just where I need you to be. Because if you're not where you are, you would have never cried out to me. You see, when life is good, you don't care nothing about me. When life is good and you have all that you need, you ain't thinking about me. And so I got to allow you to get into some impossible situations. I got to allow you to get in some space where you feel like the breath is coming out of you. Where you feel like the life is being choked out of you. Where you feel like you're stagnant. You can't move. You can't get it together. And God is saying, you are right where I need you to be because that's when you're going to call on me. That's when you're going to call on me. Because when life is good, you don't call on God. Listen to me. Can I tell you a secret about the Old Testament? In case you haven't gone through the Old Testament, in a nutshell, the Old Testament God has man living his, great, his, his, his best life, as y'all like to say. In the garden, living best life. All of a sudden, man gets straight away because life is so good. He sinned against God. Now he in sin. God come bail him out and free from sin. Then he start living his best life again. God is so good. And while he living his best life, fall into sin because life is so good. Then God bailed him out. That's the Old Testament throughout. That's the cycle. That's the cycle. So that's what we're dealing with, and we don't even understand it. And you can break that cycle. You can break the cycle if you will get in alignment with God and operate by faith and never allow that cycle to get you. I am not telling you you will be perfect. I'm not telling you you won't sin. I'm just telling you you don't have to live that cycle of today is great, tomorrow is not. God got to pull you up and then tomorrow again is a problem. That's all the Old Testament, the cycle. The cycle of the Old Testament. So life, why so hard for us around here? Because we, we don't need faith. We don't need faith in North America. We don't need faith. Because everything we need, we can get it somehow. They start allowing us to lease cars now. So you can lease a Bentley. You can lease a Mercedes. You can lease BMW. You can lease whatever you want. And you can drive it for three years. And you look like big wig. Man, look at me in this nice car. Anything we want. They knew the phones. The Apple phones. They knew the phones was going to cost a ton. They said, we can take care of that for you. We'll just let you pay monthly payments. You don't have to pay the 1500 right away. You don't have to pay the 1600 right away. We'll just let you pay monthly. So guess what? Now everybody can have a phone. 
There's nothing that you would want in North America that you can't get. They have made it that simple. So you don't need faith in this area. And that's part of our problem. And that's why, for the, for the most part, God got to let us go through some struggles. Because you have no need, or should I say, you don't, you, you don't feel like you have any need to have faith. What do I need faith for? I go to church, don't I? I read my Bible, don't I? Huh? I'm living for God, aren't I? I got faith. But you don't realize life is good. Old Testament, life is good. And when life is good, you will stray. When life is good, you'll find yourself doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And then you get jammed up. And then that's when you remember, God do exist. For real, for real. Because some of us go through the motions. When I find myself going, let me help you. When I find myself going through the motions, I get indignant with myself. What's wrong with you? You're going through the motion. You better go pray. Uh-oh, y'all worried. The, the preacher go through the motions too? I'm human like you. What do you think I am, Jesus? What do y'all think I am, Jesus? I'm not Jesus. I got my days I go through the motions. Especially, I'm crazy sometimes running myself ragged. I'm tired. So when I'm tired, I go through the motions. And then a big situation hit, and I got to oh, you can't go through the motions now, preacher. Get it together. Same thing with you. You go through the motions, and, and then something happened, and you got to get, you got to call on the name of the Lord for real, for real now. That's life. I'm trying to help you today. I'm not trying to tell you some old, you know, crazy stuff. I'm telling you the real thing. I'm closing up here. The Lord Jesus will sometimes allow the impossible situations in our lives to challenge us to act in faith. When we act in faith, the Lord gets the glory when he work out the situation. You understand this? Why do you think God wants the glory? Because sometimes we don't understand what that's all about. That God wants the glory. You, don't like, you, don't, you might not understand this because you can't think like this. But after you get to learn who the Lord is, you will understand this. I'm not saying you don't know what the Lord, who the Lord is. I'm just trying to get you to understand what I'm saying. So, watch how this works. God's desire is that everybody is saved. You have to understand God don't have any other objective but to save all of us. Not one of us, not some of us, not a few of us, all. Somebody say all. All of us is who God wants to save. So because God wants to save all of us, he will do what he has to do to save all of us. And so this is what he does when he talks about the glory. If he does something for you and you can say, Jesus did it, it means somebody else will hear. Read the, the, the Gospels. When Jesus came to the villages in town, people ran to go see him. Why? They heard what he did. 
This is what it's all about when we say, let God get the glory from what he does. And we don't need to share the glory of God because we want people to run to him to say, Jesus, I heard you healed so-and-so. I want to be healed too. Jesus, I heard you delivered so-and-so, and I want to be delivered too. So he wants the glory so everybody can know what he can do. That's what he's looking for. So he's not, he's not worried about what you think about him. He wants everybody to know who he is so they will have a chance to be saved because you cannot be saved if you don't know who he is. Nobody can be saved if they don't know who Jesus Christ is. So when you experience something miraculous in your life and you know Jesus did it, you need to shout that on the mountaintop. You need to shout that in the valley because you want somebody else to hear and say, how did that get done? Jesus did it. You know, for the longest, for the longest, I used to tell my brothers, you know, blah, blah, blah. They would say stuff. You know, you this and you that. You and, and then, not them, but a lot of people. You know, what, you know what I don't like? You know, I'm transparent. I'll just tell you the way it is. You know what I don't like sometimes? Sometimes I see people and I talk to people now, and they try to tell me, you wasn't that bad when you was out there. Well, they say that. You know why they say that? Because they don't want to be challenged that they can change your life too, like I did. So they want to make it look like it wasn't that hard for you, Wayne, because you know what? You, you wasn't that bad. That's what they try to say. You wasn't that bad. So what they're saying in essence is it wasn't that bad for you to change. It wasn't that hard for you to change because you wasn't that bad. But for me, you don't understand. Go sit down somewhere. It's all sin. It's all ungodliness. It's all worldliness. It's all unrighteousness. It's not good. And so... All I can tell people all the time is Jesus. That's who changed my life. I don't know how I got here today. I don't know how I'm doing what I'm doing. It was Jesus. It's Jesus, church. And when you allow him to do the miraculous in your life, you get to say it was Jesus. And somebody else get to hear that Jesus can do the miraculous, that there's nothing too hard for him, that there's nothing in your life that you need worked out that he cannot work it out. Now, understand this. He don't work it out the way you work it out. He works it out the way he wants to work it out, not the way you perceive it's supposed to be worked out. I'm closing here in Habakkuk chapter two, verse number four, the scripture says, behold. His soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. If we have pride, if we think we're better than other people, faith will not work in your life. The scripture here, Habakkuk, his soul, which is lifted up in him, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. So we can't walk around prideful. We can't walk around like we're better than others and faith will operate in our life. It won't work. The scripture didn't stop there, though. It says, but the just. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Galatians chapter 16 says, chapter 2, verse 16 says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith of Christ and not by works of the law. For by works of the law shall no flesh glorified 
but we're justified by faith. Galatians 3 and 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10 and 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are supposed to be the people of faith. Tell your neighbor, we're supposed to be the people of faith. We have been redeemed and justified by the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are supposed to live by faith. Bishop Morris Golder used to say, don't believe your doubts and don't doubt your beliefs. There is no good thing that the Lord will withhold from us. If you're sick today, God wants to heal you, but you got to have faith. If you're in a tight situation today, God wants to help you, but you got to have faith. If things aren't working right and you need them to work right, God wants to help you, but you got to have faith. Why is it so important that we have faith? Because you got to know you can't work it out. It's God that's working it out. And what's happening a lot of times is we want it worked out without faith. And God said, I ain't touching it. I am not touching it. What you want me to do, you want me to do it without you having faith. I'm not touching it because then you're going to think that you did it. And you can't do it because you can't save yourself. You can't heal yourself. You can't deliver yourself. You can't get yourself to heaven. I'm the one that does it. So for me to make you think you can, I am condemning you by allowing you to think it. This is why he don't touch us without faith. Because if he touch you without faith, you get the credit. Then you're going to start thinking it's about you and you can do it. But when you have faith, you realize it was God that did it. Stand with me. We need to claim the good things by faith that the Lord Jesus Christ has in store for us today. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me, because you're going to get your chance to exercise your faith before we walk out of this door. Listen to me carefully. Today, before you go, you can speak by faith to your circumstance. Speak by faith. The man that met Jesus that was under authority, but had authority. He says, Jesus, just speak the word only. He said, speak the word only. You can speak today and your situation will turn around. But you speak by faith. Not speak because you think just talking works. No, you're saying because of who you are, Jesus, that's why I'm speaking what I'm speaking. Because of who you are, Lord, that's why I'm speaking. Because what you can do, Lord, that's why I'm speaking. We can speak by faith that all of our situations that is just consuming us, the Lord can deliver us from it. But we speak by faith. We can speak by faith to our sickness. And we will be healed today. We can speak by faith that we will be saved 
and we will be saved today. Listen to me. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. And I had to explain to them. We got to get past this. I'm trying to help you pass this on once you get this today. Who, where would a thought come from in your mind to get baptized? I want you to think about that for a second. Where would a thought come from to say, you need to get baptized? You, you're not talking to nobody. Just, you know, but somehow you get a thought, I need to give my life to God. Tell me where that come from. You think Satan telling you to give your life to God? So where do you think that come from? Sometimes we're deceived in thinking that we're going to always hear an audible voice of God speaking to us. God will speak to you by thoughts. So when you get a thought of something that's right, that's the Lord. I know you want him to say, Jennifer, when you leave here today, make a right out of the parking lot. Make a left on Young's Road. Make a right on Quaker Bridge Road. Go through two lights. Make a right in Dunkin' Donuts. I know that's what y'all want to hear. But he decides how he wants to speak to us. Some will get the audible voice. Others will get thoughts. Others will read the Bible and something just stick in your craw, just jump out to you like, oh my goodness, why is that so resonating with me? He will speak to us differently. But he's speaking. And so if he tells you today, get saved, that's not me. That's not anybody. That's the one who loves you more than anybody that's telling you get saved. Listen to him. Listen to him telling you, I want to heal you, but you got to know, I am your healer. Listen to the one that's telling you, I will deliver you, but you got to know, I am your deliverer. Speak by faith for your children's salvation. You heard me earlier. Stop thinking that they're so messed up, they're not going to listen. Stop thinking that nothing can happen for them. Nonsense, baloney. You're here today. I need to say that again. You're here today. Because somehow, after we get saved for a while, we think that we're good. Oh, I wasn't that bad. Yes, you were. I know you forgot because you've been in church for a minute now, but you were, you were bad. You had a dirty mouth. Every time you open your mouth, you was cussing. And you can't remember the last time you cuss. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. So stop forgetting that you were a mess and God saved you. You wasn't better than nobody else. Speak salvation for your children and they will be saved. Speak by faith for your family's salvation, for your friends' salvation, and they will be saved by faith. Speak it. By faith, you can lift your hands today. So many people get intimidated and get afraid when we talk about the Holy Spirit. 
when we talk about receiving God's spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, we get so uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit is just that. It's holy. So you want the Holy Spirit within you so you can be holy. God says, be ye holy as I am holy. But we cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. So don't be uncomfortable when God wants to fill you with his spirit because that's going to make you be holy. The scripture says, without holiness, no man can see the Lord. So if I'm going to see him, I need his Holy Spirit to be in me so I will have the chance to be holy. You can lift your hands and you can receive his Holy Spirit and you will begin to speak a language that you did not know about. And you will wonder, oh, my God, it's really happening. It's because by faith you had spoken it. This is a faith thing. This is not a a man thing. This is a faith thing. And you don't need a whole lot of anything. All you need is just mustard seed faith. Mustard seed faith will allow you to experience the miraculous. Oh, I just heard something. I just heard something. Let me help you. Get out of your mind the selfish thought that you have. That's another thing that hinders us. We think selfishly. We think selfishly. God wants to give you your miracle, but not for selfish reasons. You have to realize that when God do what he's doing today in your life, when you speak by faith and God does what he will do, you have to realize it's for his glory and not for you to say, oh, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I had a terrible situation and now I'm good. No, God wants you to tell people about what he did for you. That's what it is. So get selfish thoughts out of your mind. All of it is about all of us. It's not about you only. It's about all of us. And so whatever you're going to ask God for today, understand it should not be a selfish ask. I was talking to someone this morning and they said to me, Pastor, you know, I'm praying that my job will help me to get some flexible hours so I can be more involved in the kingdom. I guarantee you that's going to work out. I guarantee you, job going to make sure it's flexible for him to have time to spend in the kingdom. Because it's not a selfish request. It's a request to say, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Will you open up my schedule for me so I can do it? Let's not go to God with selfish things today. But I know right now God will do miracles for you. It's nothing that you have in mind. That's nothing in your life that you're going through that God cannot do if you will speak by faith right now. And so here's what I want for you to do. I want you to lift your hands with me today. All of us. Let's lift our hands all over this building. All over the building. Let's lift our hands. Whatever it is that you're going to ask God to do. Oof. Miracles in the house right now. The miracle worker is at work because faith is present. Where faith is present, I feel it. I feel it. God is already working because you've already stepped 
in faith. You've already opened your mouth in faith. Now, church, I want you to open up your mouth and begin to declare God's will for your life. I want you to declare your healing. I'm hearing from God. I want you to declare your marriage getting back right. I want you to declare that you will have a right relationship with Christ. I want you to declare you will be saved. I want you to declare receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's lift our hands together and let's begin to praise the Lord. Let's begin to thank the Lord. Let's begin to speak the word by faith. Lord, by faith. Oh, God. I want my children saved. And so by faith, I speak the word of God. My children will be saved. My children will be saved. By faith, I speak the word of healing in the body of every person that is here, that is sick in their body. By faith, I speak healing into your body. By faith, I speak a sound mind that your mind will no longer be consumed. I speak speak faith. Oh, I speak the word of God by faith that you will be delivered. Oh, I hear it. I hear it. I speak faith that you will experience a financial breakthrough by faith. Receive your financial breakthrough. Oh, hallelujah. By faith, by faith, by faith, speak the word of God. By faith, speak the word of God. By faith, speak the word of God. There's an open door. There's an open door. There's an open door. By faith, your husband, he will be saved. By faith, your wife, she will be saved. By faith, all this your neighbor will be saved. By faith, your co-worker will be saved. By faith, your friend will be saved. By faith, your classmates, your schoolmates will be saved. By faith, your relationship will be stronger than ever. By faith, you will love one another the way you need to love one another. By faith, by faith, you will receive God's blessing in your life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. By faith, receive it right now. Receive it right now. By faith, by faith, your grandchildren will be saved. By faith, your grandchildren will be saved. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Come on. Begin to lift up the name of Jesus. 
and God has touched your heart and says, come on and get saved, I want you to come down to this front. If God has touched you and says, today is your day, I want you to come. Today is your day to be baptized and have all your sins washed away. Will you come? I need to pray for you. Come on. I believe there's two people in here. You can still have your baptism private if you want it, but if you need to get prayer. And here's the thing. You don't want to deny God when God speaks to you. A lot of times, we want to do things in our own way. You're not all-knowing. God is. Let him have his way in your life. Let God have his way in your life. So if today you have decided that you want to be baptized, you come, we're going to pray for you that God will have his way in your life. Is there anyone? Anyone? Come on, Pastor Lance. Anyone else? Today you've decided. We have one more person come. Let God have his way. He wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to open doors for you. God wants to give you what you need. But you have to receive it. You remember the exercise I did the other day? I stood up here with $20 in my hand, and I said, whoever wants it, come and get it. And nobody came. The people that knew I wasn't kidding, they was trying to get it, and I said no. And only when you came and got the $20 out of my hand did you receive the $20. Well, that's the same thing with God. He's got all the riches and blessings and all of what you need. He's got it in store for you. But you can't get it if you don't go and get it. And a lot of times we want it, but we, we, want to, we want God to say, let me come to you and give it to you. Can I tell you something? If God got to come to you, then you don't have faith. But when you trust God and believe God and you go to God, you have demonstrated your faith. And God don't have a choice but to give you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your children that you have called today, that have responded to the calling and say, I am going to give my life to you. I am going to let you have your way in my life. Lord, we thank you for them being obedient and responding in obedience to your call. Now, Lord, I pray that your authority will come up in their life and that your power will keep them and overshadow them, that they will walk in the newness of life. And that your will will be done in their lives. Doors will be open. Strongholds will loose them. Their eyes will open and they will see clearly. They will hear what the Spirit is saying unto them. And your will will be done in their life. Lord, you have called them to be a vessel that you can work through. That others may come to the knowledge of the truth. That others could be saved. And we thank you for what you're doing in their life. In the name of Jesus. Now, stay right here. Don't move. Don't move. For all of our young people and adults, 
that's going back to school in the upcoming school year, every student, why don't you come? I want you to come. I want to pray for you as well. If you're going back to school in the upcoming school year, I want you to come. I want to pray for all of you. Hallelujah. All of our students, all of our students, all of our students. Come on, drummer. Come on, um, saxophone man. All of our students. All of our students. All right. Let me anoint you all with oil, and we'll pray the praise of faith. Hallelujah. I need some prayer warriors to come up and help me pray. Brother Hasker, help me to pray. Sister Hasker, help me to pray. Hallelujah. Let's take care of our young people, our children. <laughs> Little IJ was like, anoint me right now. Pour the bottle on me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Have your way, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why y'all, I don't talk loud enough or something? Why take everybody so long? Yeah? I don't talk? Come on, Sammy. It take me a long time. It, what, what, why it took y'all so long to get here? Adonis, come on. Got to get them all. Okay. All right. All right. Come on, lay hands on them. Anybody else? Haskers. Um, um, uh, Brother Guthrie. All of you all, let's lay hands on our young people and pray the prayers of faith as they go back to school, that they will have a great school year, that God will protect them, that God will keep them. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that your hands will be upon them. I pray that you will protect them and keep them, that, Lord, there will be no harm, nor danger come to them, that throughout the school year, Lord Jesus... Your hands will be upon them. Angels will encamp round about them. No weapon formed against them will prosper. And I pray that you'll touch their mind. Help them to excel educationally. Help them to excel individually. Help them, Lord God, to be spiritual and to be able to be that godly vessel that you can work through. Use them to speak your word. Use them, Almighty God, in their school in a mighty way, in a miraculous way. Let the Spirit of the Lord flow through them that the glory of the Lord will be revealed in their school, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Touch their mind, touch their hearts, and let your will be done. We give you praise and honor, Lord, for what you're doing, Lord. We give you thanks, O oh God, because you're God Almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, Oh, great God, we thank you today. In Jesus' name, come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Let's get the folks for baptism ready. Thank you, Jesus. Don't forget about our meeting today, our business owners. Those of you, we're going to meet next door. If you like something refreshing next door, we love you. We're so glad for you being here today and what God has done. Father, as we go from this place... We pray your protection. We pray your hands upon us. Dismiss us now from this place, but never from your presence and your love to continue to be in us as we give you the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, wonderful rest of your week. In Jesus' name.